0: Welcome to Norwich Theatre Talks, and our very regular watchers and listeners will notice that something is different. Today, I am not in podcast corner, and I don't have the benefit of Dave the Plant, I have this rather beautiful crinoline type thing. Because this is Norwich Theatre Talks on tour, it's wonderful to be here in South London, where rehearsals are taking place for our brand new co-production with Buxton International Festival. The show is called The Land of Might Have Been, and it's a beautiful telling of some of the early life of Vera Brittain and those around her growing up in those halcyon days, just before the First World War. You will hear some music in the background because our wonderful friends from Buxton are rehearsing their whole festival here. So you're likely to hear some Verdi, some Rossini, and maybe a bit of Novello. Because of course, Land of Might Have Been is a musical set to the songs of Ivan Novello. And true to form, I have some beautiful fake lilacs here for we'll Gabba Lilacs in the spring. I'm delighted to welcome two amazing members of the company Audrey Brisson, who's playing Vera, and Ian Farringdon, composer and arranger. Welcome to Norwich Theatre Talks on Tour.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: I usually, when we do these in our playhouse, have a huge plant right here, and today I've got a pink Nighty. <laughs> I mean... Make of that what you will. (laughs) Now, let's start by talking a little bit about the the show itself. And we know, um, and audiences will know, that it's based on the early life of Vera Brittain, the character you play, Audrey. Mm -hmm. I think when people think of Vera Brittain, they probably think author of Testament of Youth, pacifist campaigner for equality but kind of all of those titles were given to her much later in her life weren't they or perhaps after she died.
1: Absolutely. Tell us
0: a bit about the Vera that you play in the show.
1: Well so uh, the 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 story of 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 the musical of the piece is is really some sort of an explanation of of why she became the pacifist that 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 uh, that we, we know her as uh, Vera was very, very close to her brother, Edward, and, and his friends, they, they, they had a little group. Um, she was a very, very, very clever, intellectual, passionate, strong, independent woman who had her thoughts, her beliefs, and, and her tight unit with, with, these, with these boys. And with the war, all of that was dismantled and, and, and everyone around her um i don't want to spoil things but, you know. <laughs> so, so i think the, the vera that i that i am playing in the piece is 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 this young 20 year old woman full yeah. of full of hopes full of dreams of frustrations with the the world in which she is yeah. and um aspirations for what a woman should be yeah. so and a very early feminist yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in a way um, but uh, yes, so she hadn't quite settled yet on her strong uh, political beliefs. Yeah. Um, actually, if anything, especially in real life, uh, at the very beginning of the First World War, she was she was pro-war. She she, yeah, she thought yeah, that yeah. it was something that mu- that needed to be done and everything. Yeah. Um, because she hadn't experienced the the pain and, and, and loss, yeah. But, um, so it wasn't personal no. yet.
0: And Vera is cl- is very much the central character. But I know, talking to Michael Williams, the writer, this is a kind of quartet piece, oh, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I,
1: I, I was going to say, I don't, uh, for me, it's this is quartet, like, yeah, a quartet, a I don't, think it's it's centred around Vera. Maybe I'm wrong. No. For me, it's very much the, the as as. Kim, Kimberly Sykes, the, the director, said at one point, it says, it's very much about the two love stories.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and just tell us a little bit, because obviously you have the Vera and Edward characters who we know existed. Yes. And we know quite a lot about them. Yes. But then the other characters we know a little bit less about. Tell us a bit about that process yes. that the four of you with Kim have worked on to kind of create that world. Oh that they
1: Well, Rodin Leighton was also a real, um, a real person. Um, uh, he was a friend uh, of Edward's and eventually became her her lover slash fiance. Yeah. Um, so we know a little bit more about him. Yeah. Um, as well. His mother was a, a feminist. He was extremely intellectual. He was, he was, oh God, he was clever with words. He, he was passionate about words as as was Vera, which is why yeah. I think they, they, they fell in love and I think in her writings and in the letters you, you do notice well she, she mentions how it, they connected intellectually and it's a long, you know later down the line that she actually realized that she was also uh, emotionally and physically attracted to yeah. him that, that came later. So I, I love that it was this intellectual connection. Um, so, so for poetry, of course. Yes, yeah. exactly. so yeah. they understood yeah. each other in in, in their in, in the, their use of words. Something we've lost now, haven't we? Yeah. It's like, yeah. A, I love you. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, <emotionally. laughs> yes, The day of the American exactly. <laughs> <Yeah, absolutely. laughs> like,
1: You read you read the letters they, they write they they wrote to each other, and it was just so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful.
1: And then Bobby, who's um, the, the, the fourth cavalier in, in, in our <laughs> story, is actually a combination of two of two men. So Victor, uh, who was uh, a friend from bef- pre-war, yeah. who was a good friend of, of, of Edward, and Geoffrey, who was later down the line during the war, who yes. was also a very, very good yeah. friend of, of Edward. And actually, very close to Vera, yeah. post, yeah, post yeah, yeah. Roland's death, they, they wrote a lot to each other. Yeah. Um, so, um, for you know, reasons bigger than than, than myself, um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, these two characters were amalgamated. Is that the word? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Into into fantastic Bobby. Absolutely. So they they still had material of these yeah. two people to create, but I think yeah. on the one hand it also allowed um, people in the room, kind of Michael of license, yeah. and, and Kit, who, who who plays Bobby, to 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 define or play a yeah. bit more, and they Absolutely. were a bit more daring.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I
1: think that the the story of of Edward, his his love story, was in, is is in real life perhaps a little bit um, more hidden and muted. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, implied almost. Exactly. And I think
1: that um, Michael was very, very willing to just. Yeah. Dive in and go there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's fascinating. Like I was saying earlier, is is those two love stories and how Vera Brittain, so Vera and Roland. I am talking so much. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Vera Vera and Roland um, had a a love story that was technically allowed and yet so protected by the Mm. chaperoning rules in in that time. um, and and then you have Edward and, and Bobby who have this relationship which is, which is you know not even taboo is is that's it's, right it's, it's, it's illegal yeah, yeah, yeah. but and and yet within that Ill- illegality because they were two men they had more freedom to just be together that's without right. so it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of those dexpositions.
0: and that sort of um, love denied theme it, yeah. it is really prevalent isn't it yes. both in the in the same-sex relationship that we see and in, in the heterosexual relationship. Yes. So back to the notion of quartet, I I actually think that the piece is a quintet and and the character you don't see on stage, but you hear so beautifully in advancing the story is is Ivan Avella himself and Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of synergies, aren't there, with his own story, being a gay man who was never able to come out, had a long-term partner, very similar to the characters we see. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: But critical to this project, and when Michael Williams, the writer, and I first talked about it, were the songs, yes. and actually t- deep dipping into this massive canon. Yeah. Where do you start with that?
3: Well, I guess you start with the hits, and, yeah, and yeah, Novello yeah. had hits from a very early age, and you, and you can start, and that's the, one of the great links with this show, is that, is that his first big hit um, was at the outbreak of the First World War, with the song Keep the Home Fires Burning. Yes. And, um, and he was very young uh, when he wrote it and it was a surprise hit. Um, and it, in a way, it was it was tapping into the jingoistic patriotism of the time, that, yeah. that great fervor of, um, of positivity about um, we're going to go and show those Germans <laughs> what they deserve and all that sort of stuff. And um, and obviously we've got that in there, but in a slightly unusual way, yeah, yeah. say, within the show, and then he had a, a, a remarkable career as, a, as a, an actor, a, as, a, as a playwright, as a, as a stage actor, a film actor, uh, and obviously as a writer of songs for, for musicals right until um, until his death in 1951, so mm. it was a long longish career, yeah. although not a very long life because he was he's still in his 50s when he died. Yeah. Um, and there were obvious hits of the day and in yeah. fact they became hits in much the way that modern pop music does because they, they were there they were songs that were taken out of shows and then were recorded and, and be, be, they, right. you know they're in the in the charts. Yeah the early charts.
0: And the notion of a novello musical that that's not new is it? Because novello in, in the thirties actually had full stage shows which yes. were I believe hugely popular at the time but didn't stand that test of
3: time. No, they haven't. And it's interesting. So I've watched a few of them because some of them have been made into films yeah. at the time, "The Dancing Years" is one, "King's Rhapsody" is another, um, which ends with a coronation, full coronation. Oh scene, right! Like <laughs> it, enough, um, and uh, they are very much of their time, yeah. and the songs are are wonderful. And he was a great songwriter, but he was writing his shows. He was harking back to the operettas of the beginning of the twentieth century, yeah. which were about. Uh, kings and princes and princesses, and lovely big balls, and, and everyone's frightfully nice <laughs> to everybody else. Do love me, darling? Yes, and all that sort of thing. What? And uh, yeah, and, and then these very beautiful songs, often quite romantic, and then some slightly lively ones, some humorous songs, you know, a whole, whole mix. Yeah, and, um, and the joy of what we've done and what Michael's idea was to say, okay we're not even going to go there with that, those type of stories, no. which, which seem just too comfortable, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. And, and too sort of um, safe. And find a really interesting, powerful, true story and make the songs, work the songs into this new context, which I think gives such an extra emotional power to them. Yeah. Because in their original context, um, they were often just nice songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we need a love song here, so let's yeah. write a love song. Yeah, yeah. But then when you put it in the context of something so passionate and emotional and, and desperate often, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it becomes so much more meaningful. And what that meant that I had to do was, was knowing that that was the environment that the songs were going to be, is that I could say, okay, let's totally rethink how this song sh- should go. Yeah. We've got the tune and we've got a basic idea of harmony, but all the rest, should be yeah, determined yeah. by the, the context Absolutely. of the show. So, so that's where we've gone, and, and we've, we've not just used hits, but we've also used, as Elton John says, deep cuts. <laughs> deep, <laughs> cuts <laughs> deep cuts. Deep cuts. Well, I hadn't heard that word until no. that day. Um, deep, deep cuts, where, which are some of the lesser-known ones that, that fit Absolutely. in terms of the, the, the show. So there's so many great
0: songs. It, it's not, it, uh, on the surface, it's taking some Novello songs, fitting it to a story, but actually it's not without its challenges, both for you as arranger and for performers. I mean, I've noticed the range of some of these songs is extraordinary, isn't it? And I guess one of the criticisms that I think has been levelled at Novello over the years is, it is quite, it's quite thick, isn't it? It's quite harmonically yes. very rich, kind of quite yes. treacly. And yes. Have you sort of had to sort of think about oh, that to give... Hugely. Yeah. Not, not give the audiences indigestion. Yeah, almost. exactly.
3: Well, so I mean, there's, there's there's well, there's there's a few things. One is that they were originally written for essentially opera singers. Yes, um, they were light opera singers, operator singers, uh, and um, we have the the luxury of having um, opera singers. But also non-orchestral yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so musical theatre singing actors. I don't know, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, and, and what that means is that that changes the way that that just changes the sound a bit straight away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a we've got an orchestra, but it's not a, a full size symphony orchestra, which he had. So he had an opera size orchestra yeah. of about 40, 50 players. Um, and the style of that period, when you listen to the original recordings, because that's another luxury that we have, particularly with with uh, everything being online, is that you can listen to the original recordings. And they, as you say, they were um, they were often very swoopy, very thick, very luxurious. <laughs> and uh, and I think what what we wanted to do and what we've done is we've gone for something much more. Uh, in, in not in all cases, but. In a lot of instances, the, the songs are much more intimate. Yeah. They're much more personal. The harmony yeah. is is much um, much less uh, sort of. It's not a sweet, okay? You know, I've, so yeah. I've re, I've reharmonized, and and sometimes they are they're much more um, in a sort of modern musical theatre yeah. Um, yeah. genre rather than an, an old. Viennese 19th century song, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Now, Audrey, did, did you know any of the Novello songs no, when you came to this absolutely project?
1: absolutely not. And, and, and uh, to my shame, I mean, people in the room go, oh yeah, you know, there's this famous song. No, nope, absolutely not. I knew there was a a, um, a theatre that was named the Novello, uh, yeah. and then yeah. I didn't even know about the awards. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. ashamed to admit this, no, I knew absolutely nothing about Ivan Novello. Uh, and I was asked to um, uh, self-tape for uh, for this project, and I I, I signed two songs, and I I asked a wonderful friend of mine who's an MD to to, to play for me, and and once we stopped the, the the tape, we spent fifteen minutes just talking about the beauty of of, of yeah. the music, which had already been arranged by. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we lie. But also, it's just that you know uh it's music that lends itself to uh I don't know I don't even know how to describe it 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 it, it, it brings the emotions yeah. it, it, and it it's it's tricky technically but also it feels like it sits well with the voice yeah. I would um uh, compare it to fashion where you know the um, low-cut jeans that don't necessarily fit the hips of a <laughs> baby whereas you know you go a little bit earlier in time and it was just a bit higher and it a bit yeah, flattering. Yeah. It yeah. feels like suddenly you sing those songs and you go oh it's flattering. Yeah. It's flattering to the voice, it's flattering to the emotions and but Ian has done a Fantastic, fantastic job, absolutely,
0: and no no spoilers at all. But I heard the overture the other day, and I think that's going to be a really, really special moment. Probably a traditional big overture, that sort of sense of mm, excitement yes, before yeah. the curtain curtain goes up. Did you hear it with the
1: actual
0: musicians? Uh, no, no, no not quite. Got we, haven't no. Got no. we haven't got—we haven't got there yet.
1: Okay. <laughs> that yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, just, just just to you guys a little bit as well, um, Ian. You've been quite busy recently, haven't mm. you? you um... I spotted him on TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. can, can, can we touch? Can we touch on that? Because yes. Yes. we feel very very lucky to have you. You you got another commission fairly recently. Indeed, um, yes. Tell us about that that process, it, it, because it was a fascinating not just being commissioned to write for the coronation. I think you're to, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> coronation. Not just being asked to write a piece of music music for the Coronation, but actually that yeah. the piece itself was not wholly dissimilar to Land of Might Being. it was bringing together it's a number tr- of different songs, yes, wasn't it?
3: Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so for the Coronation, so I, I was asked to arrange a number of the orchestral pieces for the small, smallish orchestra that was up in the organ loft, and then I got asked to write an organ piece um, that was to do with the Commonwealth and the fact that um, because the, the the monarch is the head of the Commonwealth. They needed a piece that, that represents represented that in some way. So they asked me to write a shortish piece, about five five and a half six minutes. Um, that was that would quote um, lots of tunes from around the world and all these different Commonwealth countries. So I spent a month researching wow. lots of traditional tunes and um, and I asked Canadian people. One. The Canadian one was "Eyes Abide." Oh. Eyes Abide. That's jolly, <laughs> um, which a friend, a Canadian friend of mine, had recommended. Yeah, along with a whole. So I got, I, I, I researched. I got a great long list of tunes. Got recommendations. Got a recommendation from Michael for a South African tune uh-huh, as well. Of course. Um, and um, and then I worked out the sort of piece I wanted to write and put them all together and reworked them and and put them into this sort of slightly jazz uh, idiom, which is how I write yeah. and. Um, and there it was, it was played before the service on, amazing. on the organ. And we got, uh, and we got front seats got uh, ab- the Abbey. You did,
0: absolutely. was amazing. Absolutely, front, so it was a joy. front yeah. row. What, what an incredible, incredible experience. Now, we've, t- we've touched on Canada, and I wanted to just mention, Audrey, something people might not know, but that you were part of Cirque du Soleil for quite some time, weren't you? Tell us, starting out, <laughs> starting out in the in the circus, and here playing Vera Brittain.
1: Oh, no. what, what, what happened?
0: <laughs> Some people run away to join the circus. I know, were, so you, I ran away you, from. You ran <laughs>
1: um, So uh, uh, yes, I mean I was I was very young, uh, way back when. Uh, my my so Cir- Cirque du Soleil is as old as, as I am. There you go. That gives you a clue. <laughs> um, my father joined um, the circus uh, a few years after its um, conception, um, and uh, as a as a MD musical director, yeah, and mu- uh, musician, and uh, so m- my mother and and myself were following him on tour, and at one point. There was another little girl who was in the show. She needed to go to school. So they just said, do you want to, to jump in? And I was four at that time. And it was an, an act. We were 16 on one bicycle at the end. Wow. And I remember distinctly coming in, you know, on stage and the entire audience going, oh, <laughs> I hated it. I was like, I am a performer like the others. What a <laughs> um and uh, so i did that for a few months uh and and then i said to my father i don't want to nap anymore And he was like well you, you know we're doing two shows a day yeah yeah you're four years old yeah. you, you have to nap you don't want to nap you go back to montreal to your mom <laughs> fine i'll go back to montreal to my mum. i <sighs> didn't want to nap um yes. and then he was offered uh his first show as as main composer uh Kidam in 1996 and uh the the, the director franco dragon who's since passed away recently um, uh, remembered me and said is your wow. daughter still uh, playing piano now time I said, no, the was playing cello uh, we're looking for a, a, a character singer in for, for this new piece which yeah. would she like to audition I did and got the part and that I was going to say wasted, I did five years, five years of this, wow. as, as a main, as singer main character. So I yeah. wasn't an acrobat, I was, okay. it was still within the music Any aerial aspect. or...? Well, so then, because I was on tour for five years, yeah. you end up learning yeah. the tricks. So yeah, I, yeah. I I developed my own um, aerial hoop act. Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and, and then... Uh, and it's then I left. it's I an thinking.
0: amazing route in, isn't it? Because I, I, I was lucky enough during lockdown to um, have some friends in a circus company. I learned some circus skills oh, during lockdown really? on Zoom, actually. Wow. And being around that sense of camaraderie. There's a real sense of family Absolutely. and care, but not just emotional care because actually it's physical. physical it's yes, physical. Yes. You're you're looking after each other and that's yeah. an amazing route in to now working on the kind of shows that brings a real certain kind of Energy and, and discipline.
1: Exactly the word discipline and and, and a different different approach to, yeah. to to work. I would say that that um, you know the whole show must go on thing is is a real thing in yeah. in, in, in the circus world. You're you're injured, but you don't stop. You know yeah. they just strap you. We've got two physios in the back. They strap you and you just you go wow. back on stage. Yeah. And and as you say, we were fifty-four performers in a show plus the technician so it was a big 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 family and, and it was a long tour, you know, yeah. five years. Of course people come and go but mostly it's it's the same team so you really get to know each other, you rely on, 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 on each other and because I was young, I was from 11 to 16, I had school during the day so I was always on site, always there. Uh, so yes, it, it, it gives you, it teaches you a different aspect yeah. of you. You don't stop, you don't. I, I it took me a while to learn how to miss a show if I wasn't feeling very well, because for me, it was like, you just carry on. You yeah. vomit, no, yeah, you yeah, carry yeah. on, you go on, you do it.
0: And then at the end of the show, you take the tent down and off you, and off you go. Yes, yeah, so nice. and <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We,
1: yes, <laughs> yes. We, we learned the tricks of just starting to undo <laughs> during the show. So then we would be like <laughs> home sooner.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not going to mention this to the director, but, you know, for the, for the did some aerial hoop at the end of Land of Martine, you know, maybe a <laughs> l- l- <laughs> l- l- <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not at the moment. That,
1: that I was I was I was very young back then. <laughs> Things have changed. God no I mean coming coming up and down the stairs at the moment is just leaving, me, <laughs> leaving <me> <laughs>
2: Well
0: we've got to let these guns go because you've you've your first rehearsal rerun of the whole show this yes, afternoon.
2: Today,
0: yes. Um opening in Buxton on the seventh of July. But take us back to the show. So it's it's hard isn't it when you've been so close to something you've been rehearsing it, you've been learning the character. Director, you've arranged the whole thing. If there was one moment in the show that you would, not a spoiler, there's a moment that you would give to people as, as, as a reason to come see the show.
1: You mean a, 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 a moment, a particular moment. Yeah. Or a song. Oh, there's too many. Mm.
3: There's so many. One of the things that's worth saying is that there's such a variety of yeah. music within yeah, yeah. the show. And also... Um, I've written a couple of songs for it that That's are right. very, very different and from development from each other. Yes. Mashup, yes. So yes. so one so there's a song that is that is like early jazz. Yeah. And and is and is pure, it is classic music theatre and is and is wonderfully choreographed in yeah. a in a music theatre all singing, all dancing way. Yeah. Which is amazing. And you get that. And then there's uh, and there's another song that I've I've written which there I can hear them rehearsing upstairs, um, which is the complete opposite and it's something much more, um, you know, uh, it, it's it's you okay. know it's quite it, it's it's a little bit gritty but also it's it's very emotional. Yeah. And so there are so many extremes of. Of feeling and character within the show that I really yeah. couldn't pin okay. down one. Moment. So
0: well, okay, we'll take music, that musical breadth actually, and that 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 I think is going to be fascinating for people who think they know Novello yes. to kind of come come and hear this. Come here. Yes. How about you, Audrey? If well, you wish. A...
1: I think I think similarly. I I don't know that I could find a moment. The opening of Act Two, I find really beautiful. Mm. The, the, the 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 song is very is very beautiful. The choreography is is fast is is just is is stunning. Um, uh, I'm not in it, so that's why it's <laughs> <laughs> <Like> it. <Nice. laughs> um, uh But I would I would say. Just you would t- the the entire piece is yeah. is a moment in itself, and I don't mean to sound corny, but no. but it, it it's it's true. And I think what's beautiful is it's taking material, um, you know, from, from Novello and Britain that are that are, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but are dated in the sense that it was you know
0: a moment a, in a time, a moment oh, in yeah, time, yeah, yeah that's right. and, and
1: it's 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 material that perhaps a certain generation would be. more um, aware of yeah. and the the newer generations not yeah. not so much and I think that what's brilliant about this piece is that it's 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 kind of bringing a slightly it's not modernising it but it's 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 refreshing yeah, material yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. that 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 is not necessarily accessible that's at the right. moment and I, I think and,
0: that is and great. making it relevant making it yeah, relevant that's Thank absolutely yes. it. well we need to let you get back but Audrey Brison. In Farringdon, thank you so much for joining me on Norwich Theatre Talks on Tour Um, and good luck for the show and the last of the rehearsals, we can't wait to see it thank Thank you
1: very much and you should bring this with you next time replace
3: the plant absolutely, yes thank you guys thank you cheers Stories. Peter Pan. Alice in Wonderland. Nothing looks like what it
0: is on the inside. What makes you who you are? Your face,
1: or what you do? Because things
3: what lurk out there. <sighs> Can you be brave? This, it isn't pretend. It is real. All of it was dreamed into existence.
1: Go away! Give me my boy.
3: No, you stay out, stay out! Will anything ever be like it was before?
0: On every episode of Norwich Theatre Talks, I really enjoy introducing you to members of the Norwich Theatre team that you may not see as you come to the theatre, or you might not have met before. And today, I'm really pleased to welcome our head of AV, Declan we Hello. Decl. welcome to Norwich Theatre Talks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Very warm in this room. This, this is quite an incredible thing, because Decl actually is in charge of recording these podcasts, so he's being a guest and video engineer at the same time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite stressful. Shall I play with this microphone to really freak <laughs> out? Yeah, <a free> <laughs> yeah it's not, without control. Exactly. No longer in exactly. control. Exactly. Just itching to get yeah. the other side of the camera. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your role deck, because in traditional theatre making, you have sound, you have lighting, you have stage engineering, and now, over recent years, there's been a lot more digital AV coming into theatre, hasn't there?
2: Yeah, it's kind of um, really making a shake on the scene at the moment. Um, it's been about for a while uh, in terms of festivals and and conferencing, but mo- making its way into theatre with *Charlie and the Chocolate Factory*. That was the most recent. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Um, it's just becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I suppose it's um, it's something so broad that can cover so many ranges, um, but it all boils down to. Entertainment. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, we're we're both entertainers. Yeah, yeah, in, in true form, because we're entertaining people in yeah. one way or another. Yeah, they're coming to be entertained, and you know, AV is a part of yeah. helping that happens.
0: And and it's it's kind of incredible what it can bring to a, a show, in addition to kind of live performance and yeah. the kind of traditional technical skills, because we had a first go, didn't we, of bringing digital elements into pantomime. This yeah, that was year, exciting. just going, yeah, yeah. Tell us about how you worked and how we
2: integrated some of that stuff. And so um, we had we had projection, didn't we? And yep. we had um, some of our LED screens. Um, for those people who don't know what LED screens are, they're just massive <laughs> TVs in in essence that can be modulated <laughs> in any size or shape. Um, but we had that in the panto, both doing some scenic elements and some visual effects. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was all. Um, tied into one system so the lighting can cue the video. There wasn't a video operator in, in essence, it was yeah. all programmed so that either uh, Jim the MD could fire the video cues so yeah. it went in time with the music, or lighting could fire the video cues. So once it was programmed, it, it sat there and it did its thing every yeah. show.
0: Yeah, it made such a difference. There was one moment where we had quite a big scene change and usually, what would happen is you'd bring in a front, front cloth and you'd have some stuff kind of going on to c- to quietly cover the fact they're changing the scene. But actually, we brought digital into it and you, you created this amazing sort of fly
2: through, didn't you? Which was yeah, yeah, like, was a, like a, a bit of cinema. Th- yeah, it was a bit like cinema. And I suppose it's filling that gap, which has normally just been a blackout yeah, yeah, yeah. and a bit of music. But yeah. this time, it was a music and something to keep them entertained. So, in essence, it kept the the whole show going so there wasn't any pause in the show the, the audience were 100% being entertained from start to finish yeah 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 no it was
0: and it, it, it's still kind of in its development that was the first time we've done it with, with, with Panther, isn't it and yes. it's got to be about the story I guess to to some degree I mean it made sense in Jack and the Beanstalk because we were going up the beanstalk of course yeah. you're going to do it that way but there's a sort of I guess there's a you could shoehorn stuff couldn't you and just do it for put digital in for digital sake
2: yeah I think that's a point where where it might get a bit overused. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know as an audience member you might think oh if is that just there to to be there so it's it's it's. Content- they've got those screens so they're gonna use. yeah them. exactly Push them <laughs> <laughs> Fill the space. yeah yeah it's it's making sure when you create the content that the audience are going to not focus on that entirely but if they do happen to look at that yeah, yeah it doesn't look out of place yeah yeah yeah. and america have really picked up with this and they um, they use led screen yeah in a lot of the american attractions like universal yeah yeah, yeah. their stage shows they use led screen and combine physical set yeah, yeah yeah and even i was sitting there and I, you cannot tell the no, difference no, no. between the actual set and the screen. Yeah. So I think that's something to come to the UK at some point.
0: Wow. Well, look, we'll look forward to that. We can <laughs> do the you Yeah, you're on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now you're, you, you became our head of AB just a couple of months ago. Tell us a bit about how you ended up getting into Theatre Technician and, and what, what that kind of route was. Was, was it
2: was the plan? Well, I. I just went for a pint with someone one day and said, "Hey, like, do you want a job?" Hey? <laughs> um, I started, as we all do, in amateur dramatics. Yeah, yeah. I suppose one time, I always wanted to be on the stage, but failed. Um, <laughs> but there's I, 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 there is still time. There is still time. So I think I think that a- amateur dramatics aspect really helped and i think when i was younger i used to do discos and things like that yeah yeah and i've come back from holiday and you know fixate myself on a certain light that was hanging up in the holiday club oh yeah okay I was, oh, i'd really want one of them yeah. so it started from that to doing yeah. discos to then helping with amdram yeah yeah and from there on i i uh, i got a job with um some local sound and lighting companies, yeah, yeah. doing odd bits here and there. Yeah. Did work experience at the theatre uh-huh. many years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, then started working for a, a production company called ETS, yeah, yeah. which I ended up being a director of, which was brilliant. Amazing. And then, yeah, it, all, it that grew from there. Came to Norwich. Irish
0: theatre I I often think and you know we've got a few shows at the moment we, which you're heavily involved in we'll talk about this one in a minute that's been rehearsed but the High Performance podcast there is so much digital content in that show and um, I kind of you you know you you sit as as a producer of a show and you sit and watch all the different parts going on you see the performers and you know you kind of you can kind of predict what the performers are going to do you can kind of predict other things you've got all this technology and it's so complex and I often, I often look over in that corner and it's kind of something happens and it's like all eyes on you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that, that must be quite intense. Yeah, I think. You're like a kind of diagnosis guy all the time. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> it's, the, um, it's when we first opened High Performance and I'll be open and honest, I've never ever been that nervous for a for a show, but I think it was because of the high amount of video. There's mm. there's over four thousand individual cues yeah. in that show. Yeah. Um that all go, you know, go together to make one show. And and it's just the stress of well, that one cue out of that those yeah, thousands yeah. to be wrong yeah. would just ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. So you constantly double guess double question yourself whether or well, was that right? Was that yeah, right? Yeah. Is this gonna work? Yeah. And you're a bit helpless, really, during it, you know.
0: Yeah, or or just if something, like, we, we all get that Wheel of Doom, don't we, on our laptops yeah. at times. Oh, if happens. that Wheel of Doom comes, yeah. then that's Dex Wheel that's of Doom end. in that moment. <laughs> but surely, you know, as we all know, it's just about turning it off and back on again, isn't it, clearly?
2: Nine <laughs> times out of ten, turn it off and on works.
0: So, let's talk a little bit about Land of Might Have Been, because this is, this is a big project for Norwich Theatre. Mm. You've been part of the creative team as sound designer. Yeah. And just start by telling us a little bit about what, how a how sound designer works on a show like this. Because for some
2: people, they would think you use microphones and you have speakers, but it's... A lot more yeah, I think some people are convinced. You sit at the back and you, you turn the mics on and off. Or the people when they walk on stage, they yeah, yeah. Oh, turn the mic on and it's just left. Um, but essentially, the sound design is is everything that audience member hears. Yeah. And that's such an integral part, you know, alongside lighting and set, yeah. to make the story. Yeah. Um, and it's a way of portraying emotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just one set level and it's it's on throughout. It's mm. it's the levels to create, the levels of volume, for, for an example, to create the emotion throughout the piece and help portray yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I often think people come into a theatre and they sort of see bits of theatre kit kind of around lights mm. and, and, and speakers and stuff, but probably don't realise the kind of intricacy of how you place all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: so it, it goes from, you start off with... The, the show itself, what you think it will require. So you go from what speakers to use, what microphones to use, what headsets or how you're doing your mic placement, the amplifiers, the, the schematic drawings of the sound system, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's coming from on the desk, the desk file. Yeah. And then you get down to the sound effects and yeah, then yeah. the programming of it. And the natural acoustics of the space that, yeah, that you're exactly, in yeah. as well. Every space is different. Yeah, so There's yeah, a yeah. massive spider's web of... Something that on the surface, well, if if no one notices, you've done a good job. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's it. the thing I like that's to it. say. If yeah. nobody notices the sound, that yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and this show in
0: particular, uh, it struck me when when we started off that we've got some singers in this cast who've trained operatically, mm. so won't be accustomed to using amplified sound or microphones. Some that have come through musical theatre, and we've a live 16-piece orchestra in the pit.
2: Yes, yeah. That, it's a, uh, it's no a challenge. small challenge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes next week. Yeah, yeah. into tech, but it, it's an interesting, an interesting, I don't know, scenario to be a part of. It's yeah, quite yeah. new. I don't know anyone of, who, who's done it before. No, um,
0: no. It's bringing together those different disciplines. Yeah, you know?
2: which are very different, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's all about it will all be about the mic placement and the yeah. mixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan our sound number one is going to do a great job on it. Absolutely of, of mixing the show. Fantastic, great. Deck, thank you
0: very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, we wish you all the luck and and good stuff for Land of Light It's going to be amazing. And if you don't notice the sound, Deck's done a good job. <laughs> oh, I
2: haven't yeah. done it. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: if you can't hear it, that is also an issue. <laughs> thank you very <laughs> thank much. You, thank Cheers. you, Well, thank you for joining us once again. It's been fantastic to bring Norwich Theatre Talks on tour, and I hope you've been able to have a lovely listen to our brilliant background accompaniment as well. If you listen very carefully, you can hear some Ivan of Ella going on at the moment. This has been all about Land of My to It's a huge and really exciting undertaking for us as Norwich Theatre as part of our ambition to originate and co-originate new work for our stages. If you haven't booked tickets already, I would highly recommend the show to you. It opens at the Buxton International Festival on the 7th of July and then in Norwich on Tuesday the 25th of July. I look forward to seeing you there and thank you for joining us. See you next time.